You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. This is the Locked On Indians podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. We have a lot to get into. First half of the show, we're going to look at the standings. We're going to look at schedules. We're going to talk about what happened over the weekend. Second half of the show, we're going to spend some time going into the heavy amount of transactions that occurred for the Indians after the deadline. Um, When you add all the players they had, a lot of things have to happen. And there were some moves that I thought were really interesting, um, both big and small. So the Indians swept the Angels. This was obviously a good thing. The Angels were, uh, with the sweep, they fell below 500 uh, and behind the Texas Rangers, who who the Indians have up next on their schedule. Minnesota had Kansas City, who they crushed. So uh, Cleveland gained no ground. At the same time, Tampa Bay has won six straight, and Oakland has won three straight, so they didn't actually put up any distance in the wild card. The Basically, after those three teams, though, Boston is six games back and currently has lost seven straight. Texas has won four in a row. So while Texas is a team that uh, we seem to catch when they are not sputtering this year, we'll see how this series goes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, once you get beyond them, then uh, the Angels are next up. But it's kind of a three-horse race right now in this wild card, unless Boston can figure some things out. Um, The Indians had to win to keep pace, and that's what they did. They'll now, as I said, have Texas, um, and then a big series against the Twins, which will likely determine who has the division at the end of it. Uh, Texas is a team the Indians have a good chance of beating. The Rangers didn't sell at the deadline i think to the surprise of of most they had some pieces that they could have moved on from um like minor in particular that would have had some big trade value hunter pence didn't move anywhere who was a free agent to be they just kind of sat on their hands um you know lance lynn has pitched really well this year they had so many pieces and they did nothing um for as much as people rip on the yankees or the dodgers or the red sox for their lack of action when it comes to a team like the Red Sox, they just don't have anything left to trade. When it comes to the Yankees, those minors are just not as good as a lot of places give them credit for. Um, it's hard to make a deal when you lack assets. And, you know, people got mad about when the Diamondbacks wanting uh, Clint Frazier and three pieces. Well, the issue is the Yankees have one interesting prospect. Um Outside of Clint Frazier, there's just not pieces there. The Rangers, on the other hand, had several movable pieces. There were a team that was, you know, holding around 500. Uh, for them to not trade some of those pieces, uh, especially when you saw the price that, you know, Granke went for. Uh, I know some people are like, well, you know, none of those are top 100 prospects. They're still good prospects. They're still interesting prospects. There are prospects that can help the Diamondbacks. And Grinky had the whole huge contract issue uh, hanging over his head. Miner is a lefty with multiple years of control who has a extremely team-friendly contract. He could have netted something. Bauer netted a ton. Uh, I mean, Lance Lynn had value. Not to mention we could go into the bullpen. I mean, I, Sean Kelly had to have value when we saw some of the names moving around on the free agent market for or free agent, the trade market for relievers. Uh, I still think Estrubal Cabrera could have netted something small. But the Rangers chose to do nothing. Uh, I think they were really one of the big losers at the deadline that gets overlooked because we always look at the contending teams or the teams that do make trades. When you're a team that is not good, doesn't have a particularly great minors, this was an opportunity for the Rangers. And in my opinion, they kind of fell flat on their face. So saying that, again, they're on a bit of a winning streak. While Cleveland is facing the Rangers 
the Twins have the uh, the Atlanta Braves. So both teams are facing um, teams that are currently competing. Uh, Minnesota has the harder schedule, so there's a chance that when those series are done and, you know, Cleveland goes up to Minnesota on Thursday for that four-game series, uh, you know, the three-game lead could be down to two games, could be down to one game. I would be surprised if the Indians are tied, but it could also go the other way. We'll have to see, but it is something to pay attention to as the Twins you know, their schedule starts getting tough again. Well, let's dive back into the weekend series. Uh, it was a series of games that never really felt particularly close. Clevenger was fantastic. Plutko really battled, and Bieber, again, was his usual self. When we go into the, uh, you know, Clevenger's game, six and one-thirds, one run, three hits. Four walks is a bit high for him and eight strikeouts. He's the Indians' ace right now, uh, until further noted. He is the Indians' ace, in my opinion. Bieber is their number two. Uh, pitched, you know, just a complete game. Eight strikeouts, no walks, two runs, and five hits. And again, it's impressive because, like, this Angels team is not a bad offensive lineup. Um, you know, any lineup that has Mike Trout is a good team. Uh, Brian Goodwin has played well this year. Uh, Otani is, is hit well. Pujols hitting four is a conundrum, though he did hit well today. Calhoun, Fletcher, and the rest of the lineup, maybe not as much. Okay, we'll be fair down there. But still, it's, it, there's there's some pieces there. Uh, today's game, Lindor hits number 20, which means that the Indians currently have four 20 home run hitters, and the next time Roberto Perez goes deep, they'll have five. Uh, if Jose Ramirez can hit six more behind the end of the year, they'll have six 20 home run or more hitters in their lineup. That's that's pretty impressive. So who's not likely to get there at this point? Kipnis hit his 11th today. I mean, maybe. Uh, Mercado hit his 9th today. Eh. We'll have to see. And then uh, you have the platoon with Naquin and Luplo, and Luplo actually has 11, so maybe. I mean, there is there is an outside chance that the Indians could have a lineup that features nine players with 20 or more home runs. That would be impressive. And go back to where we were at the start of the year and think about that. I would have I would have taken, I would have bet my life savings that uh, against that bet that the Indians would have at least six hitters with 20 or more home runs. That, that would have been an easy bet to make. Uh, rough day for Franimal. As he goes 0 for 4 with 4Ks, Pui uh, reaches base twice. You know, they're they're getting used to it. But even with their challenges, you're looking at guys who are still uh, threats in the lineup, still make teams nervous, and guys that teams have to pay attention to. So, yeah, I mean, the lineup, it, come on, you can't look at that lineup and tell me that it is not significantly better from what we saw earlier in the year. Bieber, again, helps... Uh, you know, not Justin, as we learned about the, the card. Uh, Plutko, I mean, I feel like I really owe owe him a apology at this point. You know, I was basically calling him a, a quad A arm at the start of the year, and he's pitched really solidly for them all season long. Um, he had another solid performance. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, we had uh, Derek... Uh, Chipola from the Talking Angels, and you know we he kind of circled this as the one that was the best chance for the um, the Angels to win. And Plucko just goes five and a third, giving up one run on one walk, five hits, and four Ks. He he's just been you know the old workman like performance. Uh, 
he looks the part of a back-end starter, and he can eat some innings. He doesn't hurt himself, and that's what basically comes down to. Uh, do you dare to say he could be a bit of a modern Josh Tomlin? Maybe. But that is exactly what we're seeing kind of in Pletko. Uh, Aaron Seibel will come up and take over uh, Bauer's spot in the rotation. Uh, we also had the news we'll talk about in the transactions about the Santana then. Not Santana, Salazar. Nothing happened to Santana. Sorry. Don't want to get people out there nervous. I want to remind everyone that uh, fantasy football players, make sure you listen to Vinny Iyer and the Lockdown Fantasy Football. Vinny gives you the edge with over 20 years covering fantasy football. Don't listen to the same stuff, stuff as everyone else. Then you're the same. Get the edge from Vinny that will put you ahead on draft day and put you ahead all season long. Locked on fantasy football on your favorite podcast provider. And I also want to make sure to give a big shout out to Postmates, one of the sponsors for the show this week. Um, we've talked about it before. You use that promo code locked on with Postmates and you are going to get, I believe it's $100 um, in uh, free delivery. So that's huge. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, you know, Postmates, if you just want to hang out, they'll deliver anything. If it's in your area, you can get it delivered to you. Postmates. Uh, if you enjoy these last few days of a uh, few weeks of summer, kids are heading back soon. But uh, if you're going to have a lazy night, uh, Postmates, they can bring you everything you want. Use the promo code locked on. And, uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I use it. Trust me. Okay. We are going to talk about the transactions this team made uh, after all of those trades. So now's the time to talk about Danny Salazar and the groin injury. He, uh, he you know, he was not he, – he pitched – it was a strong performance for a player whose velocity was down in the 80s. Um, there was a lot going on there and part of it was because of that injury. So, uh, he goes back on the, the IL. It's 10 days, um, for that. That's why Saval is up now getting that opportunity as they continue to kind of juggle things while we wait for pitchers to get healthy. But across the organization, just so much happened. Um, where should we start? Let's start on... August 1st because I don't didn't really get a chance to talk about those moves because of the great interview we had on uh, Friday show so on August 1st obviously Greg Allen and Jake Bowers were optioned down to Columbus now this created an outfielder log jam which eventually resulted in Trace Thompson being released and Brandon Barnes being traded to the Minnesota Twins um, that same day Mitch Talbot was put on the injured list and Kyle Nelson the top left-handed relief prospect in the system got the bump up to AAA uh, with everything else going on and this whole outfield crunch, the Indians went ahead and moved up Oscar Gonzalez from Lynchburg to Akron, which kind of says a lot about Gonzalez because there was a good chance that, uh, you know, they could have pushed a, an outfielder down the system uh, with those two guys getting demoted uh, after the trades. And instead, they moved Gonzalez up. Uh, he's just such an interesting prospect because he's hit for a high average, but he never walks. And very few guys can be successful with what he does, but he will see. Um, he instantly becomes one of the top three most interesting hitting prospects on that Akron Arrows team, if not second to Nolan Jones, just right out of the gate. Um, so we went through those. Ready for the next set? This is where it gets even more fun. Um, Neil Ramirez gets released from Columbus. 
Uh, one of the Indians' worst moves in the offseason gave him a million dollars and then saw almost no production. And uh, what he did in the majors was awful. What he did in the minors was awful. And now he's without a team yet again. Andrew Velasquez, who's, uh, they made that trade with Tampa you might have forgotten about earlier in the year. He's activated from the injured list and put in Columbus. They release a pair of pitchers. Riley Eccles had a big arm, just never quite put it together. And Evan Mitchell in Lynchburg and uh, Dakota Clemmer gets the move. Cody Clemmer, I should say, gets the move up to Lynchburg. And Daniel Schneeman moves to Lake County. Uh, so you're like, oh, are, are they done? No. <laughs> Even more is going on. Uh, Jared Robinson moves from Akron to Columbus. He's done that before, but it's interesting they are moving him up. Him with Robinson there. Uh, and Hector Hernandez went from Lynchburg to Columbus as a left-handed pitcher. We're still not done. Uh, so Eric Stemetz cleared waivers. He was outrighted to the Columbus Clippers. He He's just down there until um, he decides to become a minor league free agent at this point. And we're still going. <laughs> they uh, I saw Scott Moss in the in the club on Thursday for the Rubber Ducks, but he was not activated till today. Um, they also activated David Spear. Uh, today, those both came after they, uh, you know, they they released Jose Medina and they promoted Robinson. Uh, Spear kind of replaces Nelson in the bullpen. Moss is going to move into that starting role, and they placed Anthony Goose on the uh, Goose on the IL, uh, who's currently a left-handed pitcher for them. So a lot of things happening in system. A lot of players moving around, um, which is necessity when you add five players to the minor leagues. Uh, or you had five players, um, and three of them go directly to your minors, and two uh, the two that go to the majors cause two other guys to go to the minors, which means you have to then shuffle that around some more. I'm very intrigued to see what Akron does with the rotation. Moss will get a chance to start. Hank is a priority. Adam Scott is a priority. Eli Morgan is a priority. So it's kind of Paulson or Tanner Tully. Uh, Paulson is a name to remember. Uh, he has not pitched particularly great this year, but a year ago he came over from the Reds. He led the Eastern League and won the ERA crown and talked about just the difference in interviews between the Indians and the Reds in pitcher development and basically just how night and day different it is. I'm very interested to see how it goes with Scott Moss. Um, again, the Reds' development from talking to players after they leave has left a lot of pitchers feeling unimpressed, so... Um, I mean, Moss is a is a big left-hander. He's got the he's got a base in there that could be a back-end starter. There is a legitimate back-end left-handed starter in there. Can the Indians unlock it? Maybe. Um, you know, I interviewed Kyle Dowdy when I was down there, and he was came right out throwing 98. And you know, he talked about how excited he was to be back in Cleveland. Sure, he'd rather be in the majors. Who wouldn't? But after going from the Mets to the Rangers. You know, he is all in on the Cleveland approach and the buy-in with pitching, and he was excited to be back. Um, most guys kind of sulk. We didn't see even a hint of that. He came in. He was just filthy, uh, high velocity, hitting his spots. The Indians have to know if they leave him unprotected again. There's no way they're going to keep him. So um, when a spot opens up, I could see you know a Kyle Dowdy and Jared Robinson are both kind of in a position where if the Indians don't add them, they stand a good chance of losing them. So keep your eyes on both of those names for September. That's kind of a, a hint for me looking forward. That's not an inside. That's just based on if you like them, and it sure seems in both cases that they do, you add them or you lose them. 
So those are two relief arms to, to in particular pay attention to. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You talk to the pitchers. The Indians, they just know development when it comes to pitchers. They know what they're doing. Um, they've had so many success stories, so many t- players they've gotten from other teams that they have struck gold with, and uh, it just feels like pitchers know this, and they buy in, and they're just they're hands-on, and they're very communicative, and they tell them, they tell a pitcher, this is what we think you need to do. There's no hinting or anything. Indians kind of attack, they, it's, that's a good word, they attack pitcher development. They do not treat it as a passive thing. And I think that is why they've had so much success. So I want to thank everyone for listening, rating, reviewing, and subscribing. Our numbers were up huge last month. It was utterly fantastic. Last two podcasts were the, uh, last three podcasts were the three most downloaded podcasts of the show this year. So let's keep that positive momentum going. Let's keep that uh, up. Make sure to rate and review. Uh, That is huge. Even a negative review is better than no review. Um, Just because the more you get reviewed, the more you pop up places. Um, Rating and reviewing, telling a friend, you know, download every day. Even if you're not going to listen, download every day. That helps as well. Again, thank you. And go Tribe.